0: Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirstie. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. (laughs) Did you almost forget? (laughs) No. I thought I sounded very confident.
1: (laughs) There was a, a pause. I wasn't sure what to do with that.
0: Uh, I might have been giggling a little. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyhow, welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people.
0: Uh, and <laughs> this episode—well, <laughs> it's a fucking travesty. It's <laughs> brought us a little too much joy. Speaking oh, of other things that are that come in twos. <laughs> I
1: tried <laughs> that was the smoothest we've
0: ever been <laughs> uh, speaking of things that are smooth how about twins who trade lives hey because <laughs> that's that? what this entire episode is about it's my dream no it's not but it yeah. is <laughs> Um, So, first, we are going to be doing something that Kelsey has been wanting to do, like, pretty much our entire friendship. And we are going to be talking about The Parent Trap, which is perhaps the single most formative text of her entire life. Yes. And then, because we're twinning this episode, (laughs) we are going to be talking about the Hallmark Christmas movie, Switched at Christmas... In which Mm -hmm. two grown-ass women try to live out the parent trap.
1: (laughs) We will find out, through our investigative journalism, whether it is as charming as it is when you're 11. (laughs) Uh. So, I've been waiting, literally on the edge of my seat all day, (laughs) to hear your thoughts so, do you want to kick us off with the parent
0: trap here? Sure. Do you want me to give the premise? Yeah. Oh, you don't want those honors? I have a lot to talk about. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> the parent trap is a movie, and it begins with a panning shot of a summer camp. No, it doesn't <laughs> getting ahead of myself. It, it begins, does not. With montage, <laughs> begins with a montage. begins with a montage. Stay with me, What kind of a montage? It begins with a montage of people on a boat, on a big fancy boat, like an old-timey boat, and they are getting married, and it's all romantical, and there's dancing, and there's like fancy chiffon dresses, and it's all old-timey and romantical, and it ends with a picture being taken of a couple staring lovingly into each other's eyes. Mm Mm-hmm. Then we get to our panning shot of a summer camp. And this is where we meet Lindsay Lohan for the first time. And Lindsay Lohan comes to summer camp and has to pull a duffel bag out of a pile by herself. Oh. See that? <laughs> Sandra, where are you? <laughs> I actually asked that in my notes. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, as, as Lindsay Lohan is pulling stuff out and getting ready to go to her cabin at summer camp, this fancy limousine pulls up, and lo lo and behold, Lindsay Lohan gets out of the limousine. How the fuck did she do that? How'd she get there? Who even (laughs) knows? I don't know. So she gets out with her butler, except now she's British, and she and her British butler have a handshake, and they do the handshake. And then they all go to camp. And... they're in like separate cabins they're living their their best lives whatever but then people at camp particularly the adults start being like what's going on why were you over there i'm confused it's like magic magic children i don't know and then they're fencing at camp and uh one of them is beating all the other girls and so then she needs a challenger and so without ever seeing each other, they put on their fencing uniforms and they have this whole fight across the whole camp. And then they throw each other into a bucket of water. And then they take off their helmets to because the camp counselor is like, trying to force them to apologize. And they realize that they look the same. What? What? So then like, there's some weird juju between them because of the fencing match. And they become super competitive with each other. So there's like a whole series of elaborate pranks that they play on each other in their cabins. And it ends with them dumping like some kind of brown goo. I'm assuming either chocolate or molasses on presumably the director of the camp. So they get put in an isolation cabin. Because that's how behavior management works. Also
1: the isolation, isolation cabin is lit.
0: Yeah, it's way nicer than the rest of the cabins. <laughs> I was waiting for you to interject.
1: <laughs> I was trying to let you chase your bliss. I had like seven pull quotes I was going to just drop in there, but I decided not to be that guy. <laughs> there's There's still time (laughs) Um,
0: so they get put in the isolation cabin for an undetermined amount of time that by my read appears to be the whole eight weeks of summer camp Mm -hmm. and they're in there and like long story short they get to talking they realize they have a whole bunch of shit in common and then they're like wait a second you only have a dad that's weird i only have a mom and then it turns out that they both have a half of a picture, so they take their half pictures out and they put them together. And what do you know? <sighs> it's the picture from the opening montage. <laughs> if
1: your Ba-dans. mom is my mom and my dad is your dad, and we're both <laughs> born on October 11th. <laughs> 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 I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> uh,
0: so... As if that wasn't crazy enough, they then hatch a whole plan to switch lives with each other because they want to meet the parent that they didn't grow up with. So in order to do that, they have to cut off Annie's hair and they have to pierce Annie's ears, which that scene made me ask the question of, like, is that why every girl we knew in middle school thought it was legit to pierce their ears and belly buttons at sleepovers? Yes. And then they spend a bunch of time practicing each other's lives and quizzing each other on stuff. And then the last day of camp comes and they go home with the opposite family. And then they go and they live with the other family and then they get found out. And then the more elaborate part of the scheme comes when once they get found out, they have to bring their parents back together. Now, in the meantime, dad has fallen in love with this horrible woman who he's about to marry. So the plan has become even more complicated because not only do they have to get their parents to fall in love and get back together, but they also have to get dad to break up with this horrible woman. So then they all come back to California. Um, more shenanigans ensue, including a camping trip and a lizard uh, and kids renting a yacht, apparently. And uh, they get dad to break up with the woman, and then mom and dad fall in love again and get mm-hmm. married on the boat. Yep. Uh huh. How'd it? do? And
1: you did so great. Thank you. I'm really impressed by how much you paid attention.
0: I, let me tell you, I knew what my job was, and I did it. I also was trapped on a plane with no distractions. (laughs) Now the truth comes out. (laughs) There it is. Can you imagine how lit Star Wars would have been if I had actually- If no put one this wants that energy into No it.
1: one wants that. <laughs> you could have been like, but the force political structure <laughs> if their dad is Darth Vader
0: <laughs> and their mom <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god! Hashtag twinning. <laughs> Do you you
1: think Annie and Hallie can feel the force?
0: I think they can. I absolutely think they can. Me too. I think it was the force that brought them to Moose Lake, Maine in the first place. I think so. (laughs) I
1: wish my parents sent me to Camp Walden for girls.
0: There's just no way. I guess we're getting into it now. There's just no way that their parents didn't somehow know. Like... Her dad lives in California, and her mom lives in London. What the fuck is there a mutual connection to Moose Lake, Maine? Right. Like,
1: I mean, if you want to get into it, we can get into it. There's a lot of issues. We can just acknowledge them up front. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: That's, that's the least of my issues. <laughs> I mean, like...
0: <laughs> oh, I heard that paper turn.
1: I, I got this.
0: That was a sassy paper turn if I've ever heard no, I, one. I
1: didn't write I actually didn't write anything down, so.
0: <laughs> that was disappointing.
1: Um, <laughs> if you think too much about this movie, <laughs> some flaws appear. Like why when you have twins, you can just each take one and count it as, like, that's good enough.
0: (laughs) Well, and I love that their justification the whole time is that they did it that way so they'd never have to see each other again.
1: Right. It's like, well, good thing we had twins, so each just get a carbon copy. (laughs) (laughs) That's convenient. Super convenient. (laughs) Or, like, they lie to their children their whole lives. Yeah. That like children think that their parent just not only didn't want them but wanted their twin sibling more than them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but somehow aren't as psychologically damaged by that notion as they should be. Yeah, none
1: of that is realistic.
0: <laughs> nope.
1: <laughs> but that aside, this is the greatest movie of my time. It's a bold statement.
0: I stand by it. You're allowed to. We've all got our stuff. It's
1: true. When was the last time you've been kissed? (laughs) Okay, if you really really... wanted a
0: deep cut in that moment, I definitely would have gone for something from Anastasia, but, like, whatever.
1: I know, but we haven't talked about Anastasia recently enough. (laughs) That was too much of a deep cut. (laughs) uh anyway what i want to know is your thoughts
0: okay you don't want to guide <laughs> that at all
1: i mean i can but you just told me you had thoughts and you left me hanging
0: i have a lot of thoughts i mean mostly i just don't know if you're ready to get into it over dennis quaid or not like do you want to do that now or do you want to wait
1: Kirsty, i am ready to get into it over dennis quaid anytime <laughs> any day oh baby slow your roll <laughs> <laughs>
0: So... <laughs> here's the thing with Dennis Quaid. Oh, boy. I wanted so badly for so long to judge the fact that you were attracted to him. But I think it's possible that he might be my one true dad as well. Yeah! <laughs>
1: Out the mic completely, but it's worth it. (laughs) it brings me infinite joy.
0: (laughs) I told you you were gonna love my feelings. Yeah, he. I can't remember exactly what happens in his first scene, but he like shows up in his first scene, and I was like, "Oh, hello. What's up, Dennis Quaid?" What what are we doing? But um, but speaking of deep cuts, there is actually a little bit of a deep cut here from one of my formative texts. Okay. So I don't know. I know that Dennis Quaid is attractive to me from somewhere, and I can't figure out where I read his IMDb, and nothing in his resume sounds familiar to me. So I have no Mm -hmm. idea why I'm attracted to him from something other than this movie, but I am. But especially because of his vibe in this movie. He reminded me very much of the character Joe Hackett from the TV show Wings. And you love that show. And you probably don't know this about me, but Joe Hackett from Wings is definitely a type for me. Oh boy. You never
1: gave me that incentive.
0: Yeah, I had a thing for Joe for a very long time. And, I mean, Tim Daly doesn't look like Dennis Quaid, so, like, level set your expectations. Sure. But his vibe was very, like joe-esque and i was here for it
1: and nick parker is your one true dad
0: nick parker is my one true dad y'all you heard it here first (laughs) i'm so happy hot off the presses
1: what did you like the most about nick parker
0: like the number of fucks he gives probably (laughs) (laughs) he's he's just out there chasing his bliss
1: he is
0: he's not he's like standing in his truth He's not worried about it. I
1: love Nick Parker when he's flustered. <laughs> like when he sees Elizabeth James for the first time in 11 years. Uh-huh. In the elevator. And he just like leans. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then he walks
0: around the hotel and is like baffled and like doesn't know what to do. I kept feeling like he was the only one who had like a vague idea of what was going on. And I think that was Dennis Quaid's fault and not like the the like writer's fault like the screenplay yeah because there's one point i think it's like right when um annie as hallie first comes home he like leans down and looks her in the eye for like a very long time and i was like oh shit son dennis Mm -hmm. Quaid, he knows what's up Mm -hmm. and then he just like stands up and carries on like a big dumb man right it's (laughs) like he can't quite pinpoint it but he knows he knew And then there's the scene at the end where they're being demon children and, like, trying to convince them to stay for the camping trip instead of sending Annie and Mom back to England. Yep. And they're both speaking with an American accent. And he, again, like, leans down and stares him in the eye and he's like, this one's Hallie. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) I also love him when he tells off Meredith Blake at the very end.
0: Yeah. Although... I mean, yes, and it was the right thing to do, and he did it in a very sassy, classy way. Uh, Ugh, T-H-E-M, them. Get the picture? (laughs) (laughs) But it real took him too long. Sure,
1: sure did. But he didn't know that the love of his life... Was just waiting, like,
0: to find him again. But he shouldn't have had to know that to know that Meredith was a dick. Well, right. Um, also, Elizabeth does not get the credit she deserves for that, like, class A sabotage that she pulls. Oh,
1: she is my hero.
0: Like, that was some shit. So she, they're all going on a camping trip, and it's supposed to be the four of them. And then Meredith gets all weird about it. Because she knows that he still has feelings for Elizabeth. So she's like, oh, Meredith, why don't you come with us? And then Meredith gets in the car and she's like, oh, well, I guess I'm not coming. Bye. It's so
1: great.
0: And it's because she knew. She and did. They, they came back and they're broken up and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> like ice
1: cold. Ugh, it's just so good. Elizabeth James is like also a style icon for these are modern times yes agreed. in all times she's timeless very timeless i tweeted this the other day but i bought a shirt that feels like an elizabeth james shirt and i feel like <laughs> elizabeth james when i wear it <laughs> <laughs> and it's all i've ever wanted <laughs>
0: Also, the scene where she gets drunk on the flight oh, I from love it. London to California because she's nervous about seeing Nick for the first time. Like, drunk Elizabeth is a national hero.
1: And her, when she's getting ready, and she's like, I'm not mature enough for this. Like, I want to use that every day of my life. <laughs> and then there's a lot of things like her getting drunk that I didn't even appreciate until I was older. Right. Obviously, because I saw this movie when I was like 10. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, that, and then there's Chessie telling Hallie about, like, Meredith, and she's, like, she's doing a better job selling herself than the grapes. Went over my head for, like, ever, and I was like, oh!
0: (laughs) There is some sassy, sassy shit in here.
1: I think that's why it works for me as an old person, though.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Like, maybe even more so than it did for me as a kid, because I learned once I was old enough to appreciate it, that this movie is not really about the kids at all. No, it's not. It's about the It's all the about parents. the rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, such a beautiful intro to rom-coms for me.
0: <laughs> I definitely appreciate... Because, like, of, of all the rom-coms that we've watched in tandem so far, this is probably, like, the best structured. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not grammar. But you know what I mean. Yeah. So... I can appreciate, like, why, if this was something you were watching a lot as a child, it would have, like, set you up to be looking for this.
1: Oh, yeah. 100%.
0: <laughs> it was very satisfying.
1: It's so satisfying.
0: And they don't do a ton of, like, relationship development. Like, you don't get much of the backstory. Like, you don't, you know, they they met on a boat. Which, side note, <laughs> who who takes a transatlantic cruise just because they don't like flying?
1: It was 1989. Things were getting a little weird.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying, even back then, that's an extreme choice to make. But if you came up to me today and said
1: you can take the QE2 just like Nick Parker and Elizabeth (laughs) James, I'd be like, sure, sign me
0: up. Okay, but they didn't have an equivalent role model doing that. No, fair. That's fair. So where's their rationale
1: that's fair like
0: the mom is talking about it all very casually and she's like because neither of us are fond of flying and i'm like really that's all it takes (laughs) it looked like, like a pretty sweet cruise get on the fucking titanic right so there's not like a ton of relationship development other than the fact that they met on this boat and then spontaneously decided to get married and then you don't really they don't really give you much insight into why they broke up other than like it's vaguely referenced that they didn't really get along. And she threw a hairdryer at him. I thought that was when they broke up though. Well yeah. Yeah.
1: But like same deal.
0: Well, you know. <laughs> and then the one the only piece you're really left with is that once they broke up they realized they were still in love. Mhm. And so I always assumed that the reason they agreed they would never see each other ever again is because they they both mutually knew that they were in love. But couldn't make it work, so the only way to deal with it was to pretend they didn't exist. Right. So, like, for as little work as they did developing that, they still built, like, a pretty rich narrative. They and did. It, it still felt, like, pretty rewarding when they got together.
1: Ugh. So, I was talking to you earlier about this, but the wine cellar scene. Mm-hmm is the greatest, and it was another thing I didn't appreciate until I was like, oh, wine is important mm-hmm. <laughs> for reasons, Yeah, but I stand by that there is no more romantical gesture than buying every bottle of wine ever made that you drank at your wedding, mm-hmm. because you're a wine collector.
0: <laughs> Who's still in love with their ex. Right. Right. Yeah, and you know how I feel about Grand Romantic Gestures. Like, it is not my jam. I'm not here for it. But that one was, like, sweet because he didn't even know it was, like, a Grand Romantic Gesture, really. It was, like, his little secret. Right. Like, it was something he did. And he just so
1: coolly is like, I now own every bottle ever made.
0: (laughs) You're like, oh,
1: do me right here, Dennis (laughs) Quaid.
0: <laughs> okay, but tell me how you really feel. <laughs> oh my god.
1: That's one of, like, seven moments in this movie that I cry when I watch it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is normal. Super um, normal. But Red Alert Newsflash brought to you by Hate Watch exclusively. <laughs> that wine is available in the world. It's real. And I'm going to get my hands on a bottle in the near future, so... Stay tuned. It's called Where Dreams Have No End. It's a Chardonnay.
0: Well, I'm so. disappointed that it's a Chardonnay. But I like Chardonnay. I know you're disappointed. I, just, I wanted it to be something like more romantical, like a Merlot. I believe there is a,
1: a red varietal of some sort mm. also, but the Chardonnay is the only one I could find being sold in gotcha. our area, at least. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But I like Chardonnay better, so I still am happy.
0: <laughs> mm, Kelsey, mm, drink white wine.
1: It means more to me than it does to you.
0: Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. So some other things. Yeah, there's so feel- much more here. There's a lot that I had feelings about. I had really wished that I was not watching this on an airplane because I really wanted to tweet catherine from appointment television about the poker scene mm-hmm. <laughs> for those of you who don't listen to appointment television poker scenes are a recurring theme
1: they are
0: <laughs> um, and i just i like was laughing so hard the entire scene because of it and had nothing to do with the scene also the product placement in this film was bananas really yeah, you've probably never caught Oreo? it because you've watched it too many times. <laughs> but so the first one I noticed is they're in the isolation cabin and um, one of them pulls out a package of Oreos. Right, Oreos and peanut butter. And she's like, do you like Oreos? And then they have this whole conversation about how much they like Oreos. And then they're like, everyone thinks I'm weird because I eat peanut butter on my Oreos. And the other one's like, no, I eat peanut butter on my Oreos. And it literally might as well have been, like, one of them holding up a recipe card from Oreo that says, Oreos and peanut butter. Step one.
1: I never thought of it as branded content.
0: <laughs> there is no way in hell that's not branded content. It was 1998. Uh-huh. They were just starting to fuck with that shit. No, you're right. Um, It, like, there was another one later in the movie that literally reminded me of the... Um, the scene at the end of Wayne's World where they're doing all of the product placement. <laughs> Who is the cooler twin? Uh, Hattie. Hattie? Hattie. Hallie. I don't know. They both have dumb names. Hallie, I think. I'm, like, always
1: torn. Constantly. Yeah. I think about it every day of my life. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <Kind of. laughs>
0: I mean, they're both cool in their <laughs> own ways. Yeah, it was just like a
1: constant debate when this movie came out about like which twin you wanted to be and like some days i was a hallie and some days i was an annie
0: i don't know i think hallie is like a little bit more badass yeah she's a little too cool for me she's like less fearless or more fearless yeah more fearless suffixes matter but so one thing i wasn't able to get past did you know that super sick burn that annie throws down at the end of their fencing match she's like you want to know the difference between us i have class class and you you don't don't. i was like girl that is that is not a sick burn but it's like
1: my favorite line of all time
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's lame i mean i could see why an 11 year old would think it was clever but i as a 28 year old woman did not i expected more from you annie
1: I mean, I didn't think it was cool at the time, but I think of it as great at this moment in time. (laughs) Like, sometimes people say things and you're like, well, I have class and you don't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, when I
1: see brands do shitty social, (laughs) that's what I think in my head
0: constantly. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that on the flip side, Annie is smarter than Hallie. She
1: is. That's why I always liked her a little better.
0: Like, she's she's the only one who figures out the shit.
1: Yeah. And Hallie's, like, dicking around in London. She's like, can you deal with this situation with 26-year-old <laughs> Meredith Bra- Blake barking up Nick
0: Parker's ass right now? <laughs> like, I have real problems here. Speaking of which, you're gonna really appreciate this. Uh... Right around the time that Jesse and Martin, the, like, maid and butler, respectively, start falling in love, was also around the same time that, like, Nick and Elizabeth, like, start having chemistry, but Nick is still with Meredith. Yeah. And she's, like, hardcore trying to jump his bones. And I just wrote, in all caps, STOP BONING. Everyone needs to stop boning. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god. I want everyone to stop boning. <laughs>
1: I like it when they get back from the camping trip and he's like where's Jesse and she's like well she and Martin went on a camping trip yesterday. <laughs> it's so scandalous. So much boning. So much boning, but I love it.
0: Oh my god, everyone stop boning. There was no. no there was no narrative reason for Martin and Jesse to be boning.
1: Ugh. so which speaking of Martin and Jesse which twin reveal was better.
0: Oh, definitely Annie and Jesse. Ugh, yes. Hands down.
1: I love it so much.
0: Because Jesse, out of all of the fucking adults, there are so many adults in these kids' lives. And Jesse is the only one who could figure it out.
1: Mm-hmm. And she's so emotional, and I love she's it so much. She's so emotional about it. And she's like, I'm just gonna make every single item in the kitchen that we have. <laughs> that
0: one thing that did really frustrate me, and like, I don't really know the solution to this. But, like, they just kind of casually do this, like, child endangerment thing where they somehow didn't know their own child well enough to know which kid they brought home from a foreign country. (laughs) Right. And then they find out that their kids are in the wrong countries with, for all intents and purposes, strangers. And instead of immediately panicking, they're like, let's lay in bed and snuggle for three hours. (laughs) we'll we'll call your dad tomorrow. Uh,
1: sometimes all I think of is t- Dwight Schrute being like identity
0: theft is not a joke. <laughs> There's the crossover you didn't know you needed.
1: But it's true. Like that's some illegal bullshit they pulled. It's straight up kidnapping.
0: But it's voluntary? I But involuntary? Like, I don't yeah. I in this day and age, like maybe in the 90s, they could have gotten away with it. But in this day and age, those parents, hella would have been arrested. Well, for sure. <laughs> it's like, it's straight up child endangerment. <laughs> also, there, my list of things that would have gotten that camp shut down is long. But the fact that they also somehow didn't catch that the wrong kid was going home with the wrong adult. Right. Like, where are the state regulators? They are like, you two look alike, so... (laughs) So we're not worried about it. Choose your own adventure. You've been left in a cabin alone for the last eight weeks, as if that's not somehow child endangerment on its own. Right. All you had to eat were Oreos. Sounds like a fun summer to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I also like that,
1: like, in the weeks in between when they first find each other and when they become friends, neither of them calls home and is like, so there's this weird thing that's happening to me. I know.
0: (laughs) Like, what kids first thought isn't like, let me call my mom because this is weird. Right. Well, but Kelsey, mom and dad wouldn't talk to them about anything, so they didn't know. Right. They sent the butler... On a six-hour flight
1: <laughs> to shuttle their kid to camp. Yeah. Oh,
0: my God. Well, so that is, like, one thing I really love is I, I feel like, you know, people of our generation talk all the time about the shows that we grew up with and how there was a trend of, like, negligent parents. Yeah. And this is, like, the peak of the negligent parents of the 90s. It is. It like, is. How did they not know their own kid? like because here's the thing 11 year olds are smart and they're capable and they're sentient and whatever like 11 year olds are good human beings but they're not necessarily thorough right and there's just no way that you could have transmitted all of the information about your life to another person especially at 11 years old like There's no way Annie would have been like, oh, by the way, London has a different currency. Let me teach you about it. (laughs) Like, there there are details. And the details are what are going to fuck you. Right.
1: Like, how does she know how to get to that park with the phone?
0: Uh Uh-huh. How did she even know what number to call? Right. Because calling from abroad is not the same as calling domestically. She just calls the operator.
1: Remember, there's, like, 17 different sequences where they say, operator, operator. Oh, I didn't catch that. Well, it's when she's, like, faking. She's in the closet. It's a whole thing. I relate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to your friend from inside a closet. <laughs> Who knew that was just a <laughs> preview to my is life? coming
0: full circle in so many ways. <laughs> And so is. <laughs> oh, and my last thing, there's like a whole chunk in the middle of the movie where they have them together a lot and sort of speaking over each other a lot. And I feel like they only did that so that they could reduce the amount of time that Lindsay Lohan was being asked to speak with a British accent. Probably.
1: <laughs> there was, like, always such a debate. The first, like, I don't know, forever after this movie came out, we were, we were, like, just slightly too young to possibly comprehend like how they made her a twin right so we'd have like arguments i remember like my friends and i would be like no there's two of them no there's only one no there's two (laughs) i'd be like i read on the internet on geo (laughs) cities
0: on geo cities I mean, I do have to give them credit. I mean, by now we all know the technique that they used to make it happen, but they did it way more seamlessly than it seems like they should have been able to in 1998.
1: Yeah, they did a good job.
0: Because there are people, I'm not saying Hallmark, but there are people in 2017 (laughs) who could not use the same technology. (laughs) Correct.
1: (laughs) Before we just take that... Beautiful segue <laughs> right into Hallmark Land. I want to hear your, your thoughts on the
0: soundtrack. <laughs> this, you were not wrong about the soundtrack. I wasn't wrong. You heard it here first. Yep. Yeah, the soundtrack is like pretty solid.
1: It's so good. Yeah. I keep it in my car, guys,
0: like full did, time. Did you car. end up listening to it on your way home tonight? No, I forgot. Ugh. How but I'm did going you forget? To-
1: I don't know, but I'm gonna tomorrow.
0: This is an important milestone. I can't believe you're being so flippant about it.
1: I was in a <laughs> in a bad place,
0: <laughs> but it's amazing. It really holds up over time. It did. It held up really well. It like it's a good movie.
1: It is a good
0: movie. You know, like it's a kids' movie, but it's. A well-constructed movie, for all intents and purposes. It sort of, like, does the things movies are supposed to do.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because it's it doesn't really align to any other movies in the Disney, like, canon very well. No. And it's a, also a Nancy Myers movie, and she typically doesn't make children's movies. Oh, help me out. Why is her name familiar? She made, like, a gazillion rom-coms. Oh, okay. She, I want to say she did, like,
0: uh... Shit. I feel like she was name-dropped recently in, like, an episode of ATV or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, she does everything. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what you would know, though. She she did one of the, like, big classics, and then she's done a bunch of, like, random ones. She was name-dropped because they were talking about that fucking movie, Something's Gotta Give. Ah. And Diane Keaton and Turtlenecks. Gotcha. Remember? Yep. She did The Holiday. Do you watch that?
0: No. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, but we talked about it for rom-com education. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She's yeah. done a lot of classic rom-com. She did Father oh, of the Bride. Oh, I love that movie. But I don't know if she did Father of the Bride part two. She did. Two. She did. Part two? She did? Yeah. That was... Oh my god, is that our red thread in life?
0: That's our red thread.
1: Oh my god.
0: Aww. I have some feelings. Oh, she also did It's Complicated. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Gotcha. So, anyway. Anywho. Any old who.
1: It's the greatest movie of all time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a solid movie. I mean, I don't know. It's possible that I watched too many Hallmark movies before watching this movie. And so the bar might have been set in a different place than it typically would be, but it did hold up. I'll take that. There are a couple of other things that were really precious that were just, like, things of its time. Although, qualifier, before I say this... It really didn't look or, like, sound that dated. Like, there weren't a ton of pop culture references. Their clothes didn't look yeah. that, like, trendy. So, I mean, it looks a little dated, especially Dennis Quaid's hair. But it's, it's like, semi-timeless. Right. But a couple of things. They used a fax machine at one point. Mm-hmm. Which is precious. <laughs> um, and at one point Lindsay lohan says let me give you the 411 oh yes yeah which if there are any of you out there young enough to not know what 411 was i'm sorry <laughs> that i'm so old <laughs> <laughs> and then there was like one other i don't see it now in my notes but there was like one other like really 90s thing that happened where i was like that is precious oh they all had these like hilarious old flip phones oh yeah they honestly looked way more modern than i remember the phones of 1998 being right but then again i think all of those kids were supposed to be like a lot richer than the average kids. so that could be why yeah but like i couldn't believe they were bringing cell phones to summer camp well it's just that one kid but still <laughs> like what one kid in 1998 had a fair. cell phone that would have worked in moose lake maine no that's fair
1: I know I've mentioned this before, probably, but I subscribe to the belief that when you are flipping through channels, and you still have cable,
0: (laughs) and you stumble
1: upon the parent trap, you should drop everything you're doing and just watch it through to the end. (laughs) And that is my advice to you, our listeners. (laughs) Partake in the joy of drop everything and watch the parent trap
0: you want to know a movie that i actually probably would drop everything to watch again if i came across it on cable
1: what movie's that
0: that would be switched at christmas switched From- at
1: christmas or switched for christmas
0: <laughs> switched with christmas <laughs> i cannot keep the name of this fucking movie straight well because none of these
1: movies were named by anyone who knows what english is
0: (laughs) i keep calling it switched at birth
1: i mean i searched switched at christmas like seven times before i figured out that wasn't the title (laughs)
0: switched with christmas (laughs) switched under christmas (laughs) (laughs) switched near christmas
1: Ugh. This movie was a fucking treat.
0: (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. Me too. Do (laughs) you want to take a stab at premise here? Yeah.
1: This movie is, spoiler alert, also about twins who switch
0: places. What?
1: What? This is about that chick from Full House...
0: Candace, something, something. Something, She played DJ.
1: Yeah. And she plays both roles, which thrilled me. (laughs) And I don't know why I was, like, surprised by that when I watched it, but I'm like, oh, they're really doing the parent (laughs) rap right now.
0: (laughs) That was the exact moment that I buckled in. I actually, I, I, like, knew on some level that's what they were doing, but... So I, I was at a friend's house for the last six days um, in South Carolina, and we were watching Hallmark Movies Live. Because why not? <laughs> um, they were doing this, like, window of, like, rapid-fire premieres after Thanksgiving. So we were watching them. And I they think kept... that's all they do. Yeah. To be so... clear. <laughs> so uh, they kept doing, <coughs> well, doing these promos with her. And they would, like, show her wearing one outfit on one side and be like, I'm Candace, blah, blah, blah. And I play so-and-so at Switched Near Christmas. And then the other <laughs> one would be like, and I'm Candace, so-and-so. <laughs> oh. And <laughs> for, like, three days that would happen. And, like, I wasn't surprised that it was the same person, but on some level, I was like, huh, they look alike? I don't know. I guess because they introduced her twice.
1: Oh, no. I was
0: like, I don't know what's happening. But then by the time the movie played, I was like, yeah, obviously they're the same person. Yeah, so they're the same person, but they're not.
1: Yeah. Takes place in Colorado. One alternate version of Candace is a business person. It's unclear what she does for the first part of the movie, but it's something to do with real estate and marketing.
0: I think she's supposed to be like an, either an architect or like a graphic designer or something for like a development company. Yeah
1: unclear yeah the other version is small town candace and she is a divorced mom with two kids who's living her life by herself (laughs) i mean they both are but she's definitely more by herself than the other one yeah so one of them is big city in denver and the other one small town they are brought together by their dad because they don't see each other that often And for no real reason decide they're going to switch places, (laughs) which is not that cute when you're, like, 35.
0: Yeah, I mean, these are, like, grown-ass women.
1: Right. So one switches places and goes to the suburbs, and she, like, is taking care of her sister's kids, and her job is to help with the winter wonderland? Yep. Something like that. It's, like, a local little town festival. Uh similar to Christmas Festival Vice, but not quite. It's like There's more snow. for the
0: school district or something, because she's like an art teacher.
1: Right. And then the other Candace goes to the city because oh. Because that one got taken off of her actual work to just plan the office holiday party. <laughs> and she was mad about it. So that was like kind of the reason why they switched. But also I don't understand why Hallmark thinks that office holiday parties are such a BFD. Yeah, I don't know. Like, they're like, we don't really know what happens in offices, but they have Christmas parties.
0: (laughs) Well, so we started it probably like a minute or two in, um, and like the volume wasn't on at first. So, like, by the time we got it up and the volume on, the first line I heard was City Candace saying, thanks for the suggestion, but I'm really not an office manager. Yep. Yep. Because that was the moment at which she was being, like, coerced into planning the office Christmas party. Right.
1: So, anyway, they both switch places to do those little projects. They learn about each other's lives and how neither of them has it all, even though they think they did. And they each meet men that were already in the other one's lives in some way. And, like, start romantical relationships with them. (laughs) And then there's a whole confusing thing that happens at the end.
0: (laughs) It's my favorite part.
1: It was extra confusing because my YouTube video did the thing where when they play songs, they don't have the rights to. They just put it on mute. Oh, yeah.
0: So there was like (laughs) a lot happening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But from my understanding, they reveal that they weren't who they thought they were. And the men still found it charming.
0: Well, one of them didn't. One of them got very upset.
1: Yeah, but then they all ended up with some man. I
0: don't know. The other one was like (laughs) extremely unfazed by the whole thing. The one who came back to the small town? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, because he just he shows up and he's like, I don't know where she went. I don't know why she (laughs) ran away from me. I don't know. I'm just trying to make out with her.
1: (laughs) He was definitely tall and not hot.
0: (laughs) Yes, he was only tall. And there was
1: one one of them was not hot or tall.
0: I honestly don't remember them, because the only thing less memorable than individual Hallmark (laughs) movies are the men of Hallmark movies.
1: (laughs) That's for sure.
0: (laughs) The men of Hallmark movies are just sort of one white blur of square jaws and different types of buzz cuts.
1: Right. So anyway, TLDR, the moral of the story was, I don't know, being together as a family at Christmas and also respecting each other's lives and how hard their lives are and also men
0: yeah it was very unclear (laughs) yeah because i'm not even sure that's it somehow (laughs) i know i think it had something to do with like you know like living your truth but i don't know how exactly
1: and chasing your bliss
0: Definitely some bliss chasing (laughs) happened.
1: My favorite part of the whole movie was that at the end when they were doing their whole like reveal of I'm actually this person and I'm Mm. actually this person, one of them is explaining it to one of the men and she just goes, we swap places and it doesn't matter why, just that we did. (laughs) And I was like,
0: that's (laughs) actually how this movie was made. That was a great line. Doesn't matter why. <laughs> yeah, you know how typically the pitch package includes, like, a one-paragraph synopsis? They just used that line. That was it. <laughs> that was the whole pitch. I mean,
1: I haven't really heard a better premise for anything in 2017, then. <laughs> it doesn't matter why. We just did it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So there were two things in particular about the premise of this movie that were busted as fuck, in my opinion. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with number two, so the second oh most busted premise, <laughs> part of the premise, is that both men started off in love with Kate, which is City Candace. Oh, I didn't even get that. Yeah. So well, I mean, the they kind of try to cheat their way out of it. Um. So the guy, okay, Kate is the one who works for the real estate developer in Denver. And, uh, I don't know the other one's name. Uh, uh
1: Chris. But Chris. I definitely think it's Chris with a K because, of course.
0: Right. Um, Chris is the art teacher who lives in a small town. And they say the name of it like a hundred times, but it doesn't matter. Small town. So Chris switches places and is now in the real estate development company. And the guy she falls in love with is one of Kate's co-workers who, like, works in this company. And he, she, like, drops her personal lobby and the meet-cute is that he comes over to help her pick it up. But the way I read that scene was that he was, like, because he's, like, giving her flirty eyes and shit. Yeah. So he only would be giving flirty eyes if he had already been flirting with Kate, right? That's fair, yeah. Like, that would be an established flirt- flirtation. For him to then be doing it because she dropped her shit in a lobby. Yeah. But then later in the movie, they try to argue it away as, like, well, he never noticed Kate. Like, he never wanted to work with her on projects before, but now he wants to work with you. So who was he really in love with all along? But then Chris is all like, he's in love with a lie. Anyway, the <laughs> other guy, the small town guy, uh, like, dated Kate for a period of time. Yeah. Like, many, many moons ago. And they broke up because he thought he saw her kissing another man. Turns out it was Chris kissing another man. Mm-hmm. So now Kate is in the small town, and she wins over that guy. But ultimately, both guys started out having crushes on Kate. Yeah. That's, that is busted. It's pretty fucking busted. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first most busted part of this premise... Is the notion that a high power, like, single woman in her 30s who likes working out and going out and traveling internationally and drinking juice would think that being the mother of two teenage boys is easy and would readily volunteer to do so. Right. So they have this whole argument at brunch over whose lives are easier, and Kate, the high power lady, is like... Trying to claim that motherhood is the easiest thing. Like, tell me one high power single woman who's now trying to take on two teenage boys. Not one, not ever. No one, not ever. No one looks at teenage boys and is like, ah, psh, I can do that in my sleep.
1: Kirstie, one of them was a teenage girl. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter.
0: No, the, her children are really not that memorable. They're not. They're, they're kind of demons, and I was here for it. Really? Well, yeah, they pull some shit. So they do. When, when they swap lives, Chris, who's the mother, calls the two kids to let them know that the swap has happened. Right. But then the kids don't tell Kate that they know, and they were supposed to go to their dad's for the week, which is why... Chris and Kate thought it would be okay because the kids were gonna be gone
1: um, yeah, for most yeah, yeah. of the week.
0: So then the kids find out that it's gonna be Kate with them and they call their dad and beg to stay for the whole week. Just so that they can fuck with Kate.
1: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> and it's supposed to be this whole thing about how like they never see their aunt and they actually just wanted to bond with her and like family love and stuff, but Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ugh. <laughs> the other thing that was like Probably the most egregious for me was there's a scene towards the end where small town Kate Chris I don't know what the fuck small town one <laughs> gets her like <laughs> redemptive arc when she saves the day on this like call with a client or this meeting with a oh, client that's yes. angry. And so she goes on with a Bluetooth like in her ear with the other one in her ear being like listening and giving her advice in this meeting yep. about what to say. And the guy's like mad about his like condos aren't selling or some shit. And this chick gets her Christmas boner. And she's like, these condos are for single people, probably from Toronto. Yep. She they're makes not, fun of hipsters. Yeah, she's like, they're not for families. And then she recommends that he change the floor plans based around Christmas. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, you want to have enough room to have Christmas dinner with your whole family and then watch them open presents from your open floor plan kitchen and, like, the Christmas tree has to go here, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to blow out this wall for the Christmas tree. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck planet are you people living on?
0: She ends it with something about watching the sunrise on Christmas morning oh, from your kitchen oh counter.
1: God. And she gets all this praise. It's like, lady, nobody changes the floor plans of houses for one day a year. Well,
0: I wrote in my notes, like, oh, sure, the spirit of Christmas just changes the entire layout of a multi-million dollar condo complex. Right. Like, sure. Like, sure, a developer is just going to walk into that already having done his, like, demographic research and already having to, like, sell shares to investors and shit. And it's just going to be like, oh, sure, let's sell to a completely different part of the market. Right,
1: because you know Sandra's going to bring some chicken there and then her life coach is going to be like, you're going to be with so many middle-aged families
0: here. You can't live here. They're all going to be like, this is too much space for you. There's just one of you.
1: (laughs) You really don't need his and hers sinks. There's just one of you.
0: You're not going to need a Christmas tree in your open floor plan condo because it's just you. You don't need a Christmas tree for just you. <laughs> you don't need to watch the sunrise on Christmas morning.
1: <laughs>
0: because you're going to spend Christmas alone. <laughs>
1: Oh Sandra. <laughs> Sandra. If any of our listeners out there have been wronged by Sandra, <laughs> pl- please reach out to us. I wanna hear your story. I wanna hear your story. <laughs> oh my god. Um so the other thing That was a really nice red thread between pretty much all Switching Places movies, but particularly the two we're talking about today, is that the dog always knows.
0: The dog always knows. There's always a very angry dog. It's like my favorite
1: little thing that happens, and I don't know who started that, but I love it.
0: Another thing that happens with the kids that I was, like, really skeptical about is... Kate gets off the phone with Chris because some crisis has just come up, and I think it's the older kid, says, are you and mom going to stop the switch? I mean, it's nice to have you around. I was like, no teen kid is, like, trying to get their insane aunt who's making them do housework. Like, they don't want him to stay. No. No one wants that. Not at all.
1: Also... That reminds me how irritated I was every fucking time they were like, the Switch? It's like, did you brand it that when you decided to switch places? They absolutely did. Like, you can't just be like, oh, when we decided to trick people, or, like, there's 17 other ways you could say that besides being, like, before the Switch and after the Switch. (laughs) Things were so different.
0: (laughs) One of my favorite things about the Switch is... One of the women is telling one of the men about the switch, and he says, I don't understand. And she starts to explain it, and her explanation basically boils down to, like, we kind of forgot that we have, like, careers and lives, and that there are other people in the world, and, like, we decided to live out the parent shop because we were bored. Right. Don't worry about it. Right.
1: It doesn't matter why, (laughs) Kirstie. Yeah, true that. I liked how they really wanted to use high-end finishes to show how single and alone the city Mm -hmm. Kate was, that they made her condo not only not have any Christmas decor, which is egregious in Hallmark land, Mm -hmm. but they also, like, her apartment was all poured concrete. Yes. (laughs) Everything was concrete. And it was, like, so
0: miserable. And Chris opens her fridge and there's, like, 95 giant glass jugs arranged in a color array of, like, freshly squeezed juice. Right. As if
1: that girl is not drinking a fuck ton of wine. I know.
0: (laughs) Let's be real. But, yeah, those high-end finishes were... Those high-end finishes. Just amazing. Well, and also to show how single and alone she was, they um have one of her quirks be that she can't cook. So then she's trying to cook breakfast for the kids because you know, Chris cooks breakfast for them and she's trying not to be caught. So she's like trying to open a package of bacon and literally can't figure out how to open a package <laughs> of bacon. Like you're a 35-year-old woman who works in real estate development and you can't figure out how to open a package of bacon. Yikes. <laughs> that doesn't tell me you can't cook that tells me that you are broken inside right
1: and like on the flip side of sad lonely one the small town one was like so fucking homely she only talked about how she had laundry to do
0: Mm-hmm. and she like talked about her kids nonstop and had to keep covering herself and being like oh i just really like my nieces and nephews
1: right as if that's not a sign to run away as fast as you can <laughs> Yeah, Like, like your nieces and nephews, that's not a problem, but, like, creepily like them usually means that you're a little too alone. <laughs> a little too alone.
0: Sorry, not sorry. But ultimately, <laughs> that was what I got out of this movie, is that they're both a little too alone. Right. That's fair. That was That was the meaning of this movie. One other stupid thing this movie did, which is very much in keeping with Hallmark Trends, is their dad gives them skates. Purposes. Oh, yes. Yeah. hmm And it's supposed to be this very, like, poignant moment. But it's not. They all get very emotional. And, like, if the skates were so meaningful, why was the first time we heard about ice skating at, like, an hour and 20 minutes?
1: It was also awkwardly explained. It was like, your mother knew how much you liked ice skating together at that one time, so <laughs> that's why you have skates, I guess. And they were like... Oh, skates! Literally threw them down, and we're like, I guess we'll see each other more often.
0: (laughs) And then they do go skating, and they're terrible skaters.
1: Yeah, it's
0: so weird.
1: (laughs) I just...
0: Also, at one point, they're building gingerbread houses for the real estate company's Christmas party. (laughs) And the recipe includes butterscotch pudding? Ew! Ew! Like, what the fuck? Google search brought up that gingerbread recipe. Ew. Yeah. I mean, I know gingerbread for building isn't really meant for eating, but like, butterscotch pudding? No, thank you. What happened? <laughs> no, thank you.
1: They should have called in Lacey.
0: They should have called in
1: Lacey. Lacey would have much better gingerbread. That's true. She would have expressed her feelings the only way she knows how. <laughs>
0: You know, neither of these ladies expressed their feelings the only way they knew how. They didn't. This was the first time we actually haven't seen
1: them, well, we kind of did, but not really, like, express their feelings to men through a craft.
0: No, they express their feelings to men through a throne of lies. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new angle, at least. New angle.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. So, so.
0: I don't know. I think this was my favorite
1: Hallmark movie so far.
0: It was mine as well. I. It think wasn't that painful? It No, it was definitely better written and had better acting than other Hallmark movies. I think this must have been, like, one of their, like, biggest budget movies. Yeah. Although The Christmas Train might have been pretty close, too. That one had John Cusack in it, and that's, like, a get. That was just starting when I came in to record, and I almost stayed and watched it. (laughs) You should have. That's a good movie. Oh, no. (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts about The Christmas Train. Oh, no. Are we talking about that one? (laughs) No, we're not. Uh. I have seen so many Hallmark movies, you guys. (laughs) Um, Anywho... Uh, I think it was one of their bigger budget movies because almost all of the, um, like, various different types of promotions that are airing in between commercial breaks are Candace promoting this movie. Oh, uh, okay, okay, And Candace promoting other, like, Hallmark stuff. Like, Candace is the one who pops up and is like, did you know that Hallmark oh, has two yeah. channels airing Christmas movies all day? Um, <laughs> and stuff like that. So, oh, no. I think this was this might have been like the flagship film of the 2017 Christmas season.
1: Mm. If you want a really rough idea for the rest of the Christmas season listeners, uh just keep your cable box set to the Hallmark channel <laughs> so that when your like Hulu show ends, you just end up back on Hallmark because <laughs> you want to just burn the whole house
0: down so quickly (laughs) no matter what time you turn on hallmark channel you are bound to hit a christmas movie like you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a christmas movie on hallmark and it's gonna be bad uh it's been stuck on my tv
1: for like a week and i finally (laughs) changed it today because i couldn't take it anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah during those five minutes of us being like what do you want to watch i don't know what do you want to watch it's like horrible
0: (laughs) Every night we watched at least one for the like six days that I was down there, we watched at least one Hallmark movie. And there was one night where we watched two. Ugh.
1: Do you think you got dumber?
0: It's possible. <laughs> I mean, I do think watching The Parent Trap right on the heels of that much Hallmark, like, definitely worked in The Parent Trap's favor. Hey, no. <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: I appreciate the compliment, but I don't think you need to put it down with the Hallmark channel.
0: <laughs> um, also, this movie, I made a joke, I think it was the last Hallmark movie, about how I'm now con- like convinced of television content as nothing more than a conspiracy to glue eyeballs to advertisements. Mm-hmm. And this film drove that shit home because this film might as well have just been a Balsam Hill catalog. Yeah, there was a lot of that. There was so much of that. And, like, I get that the Hallmark Channel is only there to sell Hallmark shit. Like, to get people into the Hallmark store. So, like, fine. But, like, that was the only product placement was Balsam Hill. Right. It was aggressive. It was.
1: They spent so many times, like, doing, like close-up shots of the logo on whatever fucking ornament they were unwrapping.
0: Well, there's, like, one point where they're, like, spreading out a tablecloth or some shit, (laughs) and there's, like, an extended shot of them, like, fluffing this tablecloth that says, like, Balsam Hill on it. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Oh, Hallmark. Oh, Hallmark, what have you done? So if you also want to know what Hallmark
0: has done... (laughs)
1: Or if you have answers for us about what Hallmark has
0: done. If <laughs> you have thoughts or feelings about hashtag twinning. Or
1: if you want to relish in the joy that is the parent trap.
0: Or you want to tell us some stuff about Dennis Quaid. Yeah, if Dennis Quaid is also your one
1: true dad, please at me personally. Um, <laughs> Although tread lightly in these are
0: modern times. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, you can add us at Hate Watch with Us you can also send us emails us at gmail.com and you can find us at thoughtbubbleaudio.com and thoughtbubblefm on twitter with all of our other thoughtbubble friends
0: <clears throat> they have other shows you should listen to them they're good stuff mm-hmm. they don't watch hallmark they don't if you're over it with hallmark <laughs> go there go there it'll be your palate cleanser <laughs>
1: If you're not over it with (laughs) Allmark, lucky for you, we aren't either. (laughs) (laughs) We've got three more? Is that right? Oh my god, help me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm very excited for the next one. The next one speaks to me on a personal level. Oh no, I don't even know what the next one is. The next one, spoiler alert, is Mistletoe Inn. Oh, that's
1: right! It's the Vermont one! Mm -hmm. (gasps) Oh boy. Yeah. Also, there's a chick from How I Met Your Mother in it.
0: Oh, fuck.
1: Yeah, I have some thoughts. It'll be great. I'm excited. She was a baker on How I Met Your Mother, so I can only imagine what oh, Mistletoe Inn has in store for
0: us. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, get hyped. Tune in next time.
1: I don't know what else we're talking about, but we'll figure it out.
0: Well, we always do. We'll get we there. Do.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: We'll see you next time.
1: Goodbye. Bye.
0: Bye. I feel like I gotta get the wiggles out. I'm like a hot mess. (laughs) Wiggles out? You've never heard me say that? No. (laughs) I say it all the time. Not to me. You gotta get the wiggles out. Oh my god. (laughs) I'm all set with that phrase. <laughs> well, now it's going to be coming at you hot all the fucking time. Oh, no. You're going to be getting your wiggles all over the place, my mm-hmm. friend. My bliss is nowhere near your wiggles, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs>